listening to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Praise God. All right, so I'm going to jump right in this morning to part three of When a House Becomes a Home. If you weren't here the past couple of weeks, I talked about, um, we, we've said this regarding the series, is home is home because of the value systems that you have. And so I've been breaking down some of the values of Hope Unlimited, some of what we do here, who we are, and I want to, I want to talk about them this morning. I want to talk about part three. Number three, I haven't preached these in any particular order at all. If you need to go back and watch the other two, go back online and watch them. But, um, so I want to talk to you about the practice of generosity. And I have a lot of Bible this morning. A lot. A lot of Bible this morning. So go ahead and get ready. Get your phone out and follow with me because there's a lot. And um, don't get offended when I start talking about money. We don't get offended around here when we start talking about money. Because Jesus, if you needed to know this, 16 of Jesus' 38 parables were about money. And, and money is mentioned in the Bible 2,000 times alone were the words prayer, faith, um, like the, the, talking about the word of God itself are only mentioned maybe less than 500. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else. And we talk about money around here because we believe in, be, we believe in the practice of generosity. We don't just believe in praying for needs to be met. We believe in having the resources to meet those needs. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning. Go with me. Luke chapter 16, then we're going to go to Luke 12, and we'll talk for a little bit. This is going to be real practical this morning. This is not going to be preachy at all. Jam, what are you laughing at, man? Jam, why are you laughing? Jam always laughing at me. It's going to be real practical this morning. I'm just trying to preach the word of God up here, man. Like, come on now. All right, Luke Chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 10. I'm throwing a little, I'm throwing a new translation at you this morning. I'm just joking, it's the New Living Translation. It's not a new translation, but Jesus. Everybody's like, <gasps> Pastor Cole has interpreted the Bible for himself. We shall leave this church. Yeah, yeah. As you should. I'm not a linguist. I'm not a linguist. I do not claim to be a linguist. Luke chapter 16. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. If you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. If you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, listen to this, who will trust you with the riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will either hate one and love the other one, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other one. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Guess who said that? Jesus. Jesus said that. All right. Luke chapter 12. This is my favorite one that I've been reading this week. 
because I'm going to make some of you mad with a statement that I make after I read this. But just, just everything's going to be good because I'm going to show you how you are not the worst decision maker when it comes to money. Just in a moment. You just have to give me a minute to get there. Okay? Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over to decide such things? Beware, listen to this, guard against every kind of greed. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Jesus is literally saying here, you don't have to be wealthy to be greedy. You don't. You can be greedy with a little bit. All right. Knew knew that one was going to go over real well. All right. Here we go. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a farm that produced fine crops. And he said to him, he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have enough room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll just build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get what you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Jesus goes down a little bit. And he explains this. He said, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the persons of heaven will never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it wherever your treasure is. There the desires of your heart will be also. Amen. So, to practice generosity, you have to be really, I think, two things. You have to, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you ways to be both of these things. But I think that you have to be two things. I think number one, you have to be a good steward, and then the second thing, I think you have to be generous. I think you have to have something to be generous with, right? And then you have to be generous when you have it. Right? If you're just a good steward, or if you're just generous, this will not work. The practice of generosity is not what you're going to be doing. Because this is what you'll be. You'll be stingy and greedy. Or if you give everything that you have away, you'll be broke. And God doesn't want you to be either. God doesn't want you to be greedy. And God doesn't want you to be broke. God's answer in Luke chapter 12 was not, for the man who had all the barns, was not, he had great wealth so that he, so it wasn't that God made him poor. It was that God made him generous. You with me this morning? The answer to great wealth is not poverty. And it's not thinking other people should be in poverty. It's generosity. That's the answer for people who, are, who have great wealth who are greedy. Now also, 
the answer for you who don't have great wealth, who are greedy, your answer is generosity too. Y'all ready for it this morning? All right. So, there's a story in the New Testament. Almost had, I almost, uh, I told some people that we were going to have a skit this morning, but we decided not to. We decided not to. We decided against it. Kelby was going to be Mary in this. And I was, and I was, I, I couldn't decide who I wanted to be Judas. So, um, but someone was going to have to be Judas. But we never decided on that, and nobody really volunteered to be Judas. So, yeah. Jam? All right. So there's a story in the New Testament. And Mary takes what the Bible says, a year's worth of wages, and she breaks it over Jesus' feet. You remember this story? And Judas says, you should have taken that and given it to the poor. You tracking with me? She had a year's worth of wealth that she gave to Jesus. And Judas says, you should give that to the poor. I know plenty of Judases in the church who look at wealthy people and say, you should sell all that and give it to the poor. Here's how I know. You should sell your stuff and give it to the poor. And it doesn't matter how much you have. You don't care about the poor. You are, you are bitter towards people with money. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready? I'm just getting warmed up here. No steroid shot this week. Wesley, no steroid shot this week. But the answer I believe, the answer I believe genuinely, I believe the answer to the practice of generosity is to be a good steward and it's to be generous. Okay? I want to read you some stats this morning just to humor you a little bit. Y'all ready for some statistics? 95% of married couples argue about money on a regular basis. 95%. Money is the second leading cause of divorce in America behind infidelity. You ready, to, you ready for this? 59% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 66% of people in America were surveyed this year and they do not have enough money or they do not expect to have enough money to retire at 65. 21% of Americans have no retirement plan. Zero. Zilch. 55% of Americans believe they will have to work past the age of 65 to make things meet. Al shaking his head, nope, not me. He said, not me. Not me either. Listen to this. I'm about, this, is, this is about to get real good for you. For every $1 earned in America, Americans spend $1.45. You hate to see that one. <laughs> Listen, the average student loan debt in America, this is the average. So you may have way more than this or you may have way less than this. It's $32,741. So you get out of college and you start $32,000 in debt. Let me really drop a bomb on you this morning. It gets better, okay? It gets better. 
there are one, as of maybe as Wednesday or Thursday, whenever I look this up, there are 1.6 billion. All right, we have 300 million Americans. And there are 1.6 billion active credit cards in America. Some of them with an interest rate of 59%. You hate to see that. That is not good. Listen, do you know... let Let me just say this to you. This, what I just read, those statistics... That is not God's plan for your finances. That is not God's plan for your life. Listen, I'm not saying don't work the system however you want to. I'm just saying don't be some of this. And there is a way that you cannot be this. Okay? There is a way for you to not be this. Th- these things that I just read to you are insanity. We have 1.6 billion active credit cards. Some of them with a 59% interest rate. That means you almost bought that thing twice. That's what that means. Translation. Listen. We in the kingdom of God are called to live a certain way as it pertains to money and our finances. We just are. It's all through the Bible. It's all through the New Testament. And I want what God has for you and your finances. I genuinely do. I'm not preaching this this morning to condemn you or to shame you because I'm going to show you how there's no way that you can be condemned or shamed after I tell you about two people this morning. Uh, One of them being, well, three people. One of them being Jesus. These other two that made horrible financial decisions that I don't think anybody in this room could ever beat. But listen, you, listen, there's a a Bible verse. You know, we read that here. (laughs) There's a Bible verse. Proverbs 13 Seven, one person pretends to be rich but has nothing. One person pretends to be rich but has nothing. Don't be that person. All right, you ready to feel good about yourself now? Say yes. There is this man. Put Ronald on the screen. Put Ronald. Throw him up here. Ronald. Here he is. This man is Ronald Wayne. Everybody say, Ronald Ronald. Wayne. Wayne. In 1976, it's good with a picture. Remember remember this guy's face. When you start feeling shame about your financial decisions, just remember this guy. Just shame somebody else worse than you. That's how you fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Ronald Wayne. He was one of the original three founders of this company, some of you may have heard of it before, Apple, (laughs) you may have heard of it before, you may have a product or two by them, our church is ran by Apple, we need a sponsorship, okay, (laughs) Ronald Wayne in 1976 decided that he was going to get together with Steve Jobs and the other dude, and he was just like, yeah, I just don't really see this company going anywhere. So I'm going to let you buy me out for $800. His portion of the company today would be worth over $2 billion. 
I looked up Ronald Wayne's net worth. He's worth 400K. So when you start feeling bad about financial decisions, just remember Ronald, okay? Another man that you need to know about. Another man that you need to know about. His name is Laizo Hanna. Laizo Hanna. My man. Can you put him on the screen? This is Laizo. Can you darken it down just so that they can see what's beside it? Just for just a moment. I want you to see what's beside it. All right, you see this? You see Laizo, and then you see what? You see a piece of pizza. All right, we can, we can. My man, in 2013, bought two large pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoin. Okay? Let me translate that to you. Let me translate that to you. Bitcoin wasn't worth that then. But if you had 10,000 Bitcoin today, you would have a whopping $3.7 billion. My man was hungry. <laughs> My man was hungry. So when you start feeling bad about financial decisions, just remember these two individuals that will make you feel better about yourself. All right. Everything that I'm about to say about stewardship and generosity, you have to understand this. You can start all of this right now. No matter where you're at, no matter how much money that you have, you can start all of this today. Like before you end service, you can do all of this. The first thing, this is going to be real practical this morning. The first thing that you need to do to be a good steward is you need to get a plan you need to get a plan of what to do with your money. Right. A plan tells your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Yep. You ever get to the end of the month? It's like, I thought I made all this money last month. It's like, where'd it go? It's like, I'm wearing it. <laughs> I'm wearing it, you know. I'm not exempt from this conversation. I actually told Anna last night, I got home. I went to the vitamin shop, okay? I have a bone to pick with the vitamin shop. Vitamin shop's supposed to close at 8. They've adjusted their hours from 10 to 6. I drove all the way from Oak Ridge to the vitamin shop. While I was there, we have guests coming in this week. I was like, I'm going to buy a candle from Bath and Body Works. I walk in. Don't hate on me. I like my house to smell good. (laughs) I like my house to smell good. I walk in, and this lady greets me. She says, hey... All the men's stuff is buy three, get three free. I said, where's it at? I got to go get me some soap. <laughs> Single wick candles, $5.95. I left with four of them bad boys. I was going to buy, I was going to buy uh, an energy drink for this morning, and I come home with no energy drink and six bars of soap and four candles. <laughs> They'll get you. Sometimes I get off plan too, is what I'm saying. We have that in the fun money. That's what I say. Any, we have fun money in our budget, and anytime I just want to buy something that I don't really need, I'm just like, that's going to be my fun money for this month. <laughs> but you need a plan. You need a plan. Here's a real simple plan. I'm being, re- I'm being dead serious. A real simple plan. Give 10%, give 10%, save 10%, and live off 80. That's a real simple plan. Now, we don't live by that plan, 
we, let me explain, let me explain. We give more than 10% because we were able to do some of this in the beginning of our marriage. Now we are able to give above and beyond 10%. Okay. But if you're just starting this out, like how do I get a grip on this? Give 10, save 10, live off 80. Any person in this room, if you can't live off 80% of your income, a couple things. You need to get a new job, right? You need to get a new job, and you learn how to budget. Because if you walked in tomorrow, and your boss said, you're going to be getting, you're going to be getting paid 80% of what you were getting paid, you would figure out how to make it work. You would figure out how to make it work. And, and in practicing giving 10 and saving 10, you were both giving, you were being generous, and you were being a good steward, right? But this is the, I, I'm talking to you about stewardship in this moment. You need to get a plan, and you need to get delivered from the idea of having more. Listen, I don't have to wonder what you would do with more money. Just tell me what you're doing right now. You would just do more of that. I don't have to wonder what you would do. I know what you would do. I don't have to wonder what I would do with more money. Spend it. <laughs> so listen, when I'm talking to you about finances, you have to understand, and, and, and the people who know me close in this room, they know this. I will swipe a card so fast It'll make your head spin. Yes, ain't no problem. The Amazon one click, I've got an entire bookshelf that I ain't read yet. And it's stacking up. Now, at one time, I would have been assaulted if I would have done that because we weren't in a place where we could do that. We're in massive amounts of debt. But you need... To get delivered from the idea of if I had more, then I would do this. You wouldn't. You would do exactly what you're doing right now. You wouldn't. If you had, if you had $2 billion, it would be budgeted and spent the same way that you were spending it right now. It just, be, it just may be on more luxurious stuff. You would want to build bigger barns. You would want to build bigger barns, right? You need to set goals within your plan. Set financial goals that you can hit. That you can hit. Don't set these outrageous financial goals that you are never going to hit. Listen, there's something that happens in your mind when you start hitting financial goals. I can't explain it. I just know that it happens. When you start hitting financial goals, something happens in your mind and you gain momentum. You gain momentum. And you're wanting to you're wanting to manage this rightly, and you're starting to see that if you just said no every once in a while, that you will have more, really, than you ever thought that you could. And so you need to set goals within your plan, right? Don't just get a plan. Set some goals within that plan. Listen, second thing on being a good steward, get out of dumb debt. Get out of dumb debt. I'm not talking about your house. I'm not, talking, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about things that you need to be in debt for or maybe need to be in debt for. I don't even believe in being in debt for a house, but I'm not even going to talk about that. But I'm talking about dumb debt. Listen, Proverbs 22.7. The borrower is slave to the lender. 
I don't know how to say it any plainer. The, borrow, the borrower is slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor. The people who you are paying to borrow money from, they tell you what to do with your money. Some of you can't serve God with your money because you're serving Visa. You would love to be generous, but you're in so much dumb debt, you don't know how to get out. Listen, where your money is tied up, so are you. And so is your generosity. Wherever your money's tied up, we used to say that as a pride, like a thing, like a badge of honor, where I'm coming from. Well, I got all this money tied up in all these cars. And I'm like, sell some, you know? Sales on? <laughs> Just a thought? Or I got all this money tied up wherever. Listen, you don't need to have money tied up. You don't need to have money tied up anywhere. You need to have it in your hand, in your bank account. Because God has called you to be generous. Listen, dumb debt keeps you from being as generous as you would like to be. And as generous as God has called us to be as a church. Period. I am so anti-debt. Ask our team. I am anti-debt. Anti. Right? We may... I don't even want to go in debt for a building when we move from here. I don't. I do not want to be in debt. I hate it. It keeps you from being generous in ways that you can be. Period. End of discussion. We, We got out of some debt recently here at the church. And I wish, that I, could, I wish that I could go back and track to you. This amount of money was going for this. And now it goes to literally being generous. Yeah. Like literally that's what it goes towards. Yeah. It, like we were able, like at this church, I think it was two weeks ago, um, we got reached out to by a person who's connected here. And they said, hey, we're trying to send 12 girls back to school with new school clothes. I said, how many of them have not been paid for? They said, four. I said, come get a check. Come get a check. And it's 300 bucks a piece. We spent $1,200 on, on getting girls clothes to go back to school. Right? Right? Last year, Katie let us, she got us hooked up with some organizations here and with different people and some ways that we were generous. Last year in the year of 2021, in the last six months, we gave away or partnered with organizations that raised money, and it was around $96,000. Right? Like, I don't want to be in debt because I know that there are problems that people have that I could solve with a check. And God wants to solve those. Yeah. That's why when that's why that's why when when James writes, hey, don't just say when someone comes to you in need, don't just say, oh, I pray for you. Yeah. You are supposed to be in position yeah. to meet the need, whatever it is. So we have to get out of dumb debt, right? Third thing, if you want to be a good steward, live with a margin. Live with a margin in your budget. Listen, the way that you do this is you live based off principle, not feeling. Me, I feel every day that I need to purchase something. 
but the principle that your wife will hit you in the head with a pan (laughs) when you get home if you purchase things every single day. That principle keeps me from acting on my feelings all the time. But you need to live principally. Like living, taking your money and living based off just how you feel, you are going to end up broke. You are going to end up broke. Start talking about something that you want and see if it pops up on your phone in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes. That ain't, yeah, that ain't, listen, I heard a a pastor say this one time. He's like, that's not confirmation (laughs) for you to purchase. It's literally, it's literally called (laughs) geo-tracking. And they know where you're at and know what you've been talking about, so they're trying to sell you stuff. I am the worst. Listen, I am the worst. Don't, don't get me started about this. Listen, I have been, I talked about, I talked about wanting me some Carolina Blues, Dunks, Jordans. I have gotten 12 ads in a row. I'm like, I'm just scrolling through there. It's these same shoes. I'm like, that's God. It's God. It's God. And then I heard last week uh, that pastor, he was like, yeah, this is not confirmation. And I was like, shut up, man. Like, why don't you shut up and let me live my life and you live yours? (laughs) Yeah. You have to live within margin. Listen, here's how you do this. Don't go house broke. Don't go house broke. Don't. Buy a house that you can't afford to impress people that don't even know you. Don't go car broke. Don't buy a car that you can't afford to impress people that don't know you or like you. Seriously. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I had somebody one time. Joe actually stuck up for me in this moment. I was in a group text one time. Somebody was hating on me about where I get my hair cut at. I get my hair cut at sports clips. Okay? And everybody was hating on me about where I got my hair cut. And Joe was like, do any of y'all pay for Cole's haircut? And I was like, let's go, Joe. Let's go. That's the truth. If you want me to drive something, you buy it for me. If you want me to live somewhere, you go buy it for me. And if you want me to get my hair cut somewhere else, buy it for me. Listen, decide. If you want to be a good steward, you have to decide that you're going to live on less than you make no matter what. No matter what. Listen, I told you that stat a minute ago. The average American person spends $1.45 for every dollar they make. Do not do that. Don't do that. If you do, I believe literally if you do those three things, if you get a plan, if you get out of dumb debt, and if you live with a margin, I believe you'll get your money in order. I, will be that, I believe those things will, will get you on the path to being a good steward. But that still won't make you generous. It still won't make you generous. If you're just good with money and you never give it away, that doesn't make you anything. It makes you greedy. Right? Three things that you need to do to be generous. Number one, you need to hold everything with an open hand. Everything that you have needs to be 
give it away, right? You, you can ask my wife, I don't get up here and just preach this. I live this all the time. I live this all the time. You can ask anybody in my life. If you need something that's mine, you can have it. I'll try to give it away. I don't need it, right? I believe that if I give it to you, I believe it will come back to me. And I believe I'll get it more, right? Listen, there's three types of people in the world, three types of people. And none of the, you may only be the last one. No way that you're the first two, okay? Your neighbor might be the first two, but you're for sure not. You're for sure not. Three types of people. What's yours is mine. What's yours is mine. Childish. Well, they have that. What's yours is mine. (laughs) Well, they have that, and I think I should be able to have it too. Awesome. Not how life works. Well, they have that, and they need to give me a whatever. No. That's childish. That's what Beckham does. Beckham thinks he has unlimited access to my things. No. Okay? Get over there. He wants my iPad. He has his little leapfrog thing that he can draw on. Get over there on the floor and play with that. It's not yours. But that's what my, that's what my one-year-old does. Mine. Everything's mine. All right, the other person, what's mine is mine. I got this all by myself. I'm a grinder. I work so hard, and all this is mine. I hustle so hard, and I hurry all the time, and what's mine is mine. I could get off on that hustle and hurry stuff. I could get off really on a lot of rabbit trails. Listen, I know people who say that they are up to their eyeballs in stress. I know people who say that they are up to their eyeballs in stress, but have 16 different side hustles. Wonder why. All you do is work. You never go just go to the house. You never just go to the house and hang out. Work all the time. Stop doing that. You aren't created for that life. Or I'm not. You can have it all you want to. Do do as much as you want, and I'll counsel with you when you get tired of it. Yeah. What's mine is mine. The third person. This is where you want to be. Everything that I have comes from God. Everything that I have comes from God. Listen to this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will reap a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and do not give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Let me, let me just stop right here. I have never felt pressure to give in an offering, even if I was pressured to give in an offering. You don't have to tell me to give. You don't have to, you don't have to tell me to give. You can get up there and say, you need to give $1,000 or whatever. Awesome. Awesome. I'll give more. I don't feel pressure to give in offerings. I have already decided in my heart that I'm going to give regardless if I'm pressured or not pressured. I'm going to be a giver. Listen to this next part. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. 
And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and they give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. I have everything that I have comes from God. Everything that I have comes from God. Everything that I need, God is going to provide that for me. I hold everything with an open hand because of this. Because I know who my father is. And I know that he will meet every need that I have. Always. Because, not because I have the favor of God. Listen, not because I have this crazy favor. It's just because I'm a son. And it's just because you're a son, and it's just because you're a daughter. However, how many of you know Beckham doesn't have to get, has to do, he does not have to do anything at all for me to provide for him everything that he needs. He doesn't have to do a single thing. He just exists. He just is. And God will provide everything that you need. Because you are his. Not because there is this like, it's like you and then the rest of humanity. And the rest of humanity, no favor. But you, a lot of favor. <laughs> right? What if I told you that favor just comes to good stewards? Hold everything with an open hand. Two, if you want to get generosity, if you want to start practicing generosity, give when God asks. Listen, tithe. Tithe. Tithe 10% of your income. That's what God asked for in the scripture. Right? Tithing is not the law. It's not under the law. Tithing was way before the law. That's a dumb argument. Tithing is not law or grace. Tithing is and has always been. Abraham started tithing. That's 500 years before the law. Tithing has nothing to do with law or grace. And I'll, talk, I'll show you how it's Jesus taught people to tithe too in just a second. But I don't preach tithing as law. I preach tithing as a part of my life. I don't preach tithing as law. Keep your money. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep it. That's fine. Do what you want with it. Do what you want. I just know that I haven't got to where I am not tithing. And I just know this too. I know that all the people in my life that I want to model financially, they all tithe and give. And they do more than just, they do more than just tithe. Tithe is not law. Tithe was before the law. Genesis chapter 14. We throw it up there. The great book of Genesis. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and the priest of God most high, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram by saying this. Blessed be Abram by the God most high creator of heaven and the earth. And blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. That's 500 years before the law. Do you know who Melchizedek is? That is Jesus. 
right? In Hebrews, I'm about to mess with some of y'all's theology now, yeah. Melchizedek is Jesus. In Hebrews, it talks about he does not have a mother or a father, and there is no beginning and no end to him. So you can say it's a Jesus or a type of Jesus. Right? And so even in under, even before the law, under the order of Melchizedek, people were bringing tenths of their income to Jesus. Everything's getting quiet. Y'all ready for me to talk about generosity? Yeah. We know that's the other side of the argument. First, I got to hit you with some Jesus, though. Before I, before I get off the tithing thing, I got to hit you with some Jesus. Matthew 23, 23. In Matthew 23, Jesus is, is warning Pharisees. That's all Matthew 23 is. There's a bunch of warnings. Don't do these things. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to even tithe the tiniest income of your herbs and gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Listen, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things of the law. Jesus said you should tithe. You should tithe, yes, just don't do it from a wrong place. Don't do this from a wrong place. Don't do it from a place that you think that this is going to just make up for everything else that you don't want to practice in the Christian faith. That's what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that this practice, this way of life, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, it can't be bought. It can't be bought. Okay? So, give when God asks. Given offerings, right? Given offerings. I told you a second ago, there's not a church service that I don't go to, that I go to, where I haven't decided in my heart, I know that I'm going to this service and I'm going to prepare an offering. And I don't care who it is. I don't care where it's at. I'm not giving for them. I'm not giving for them. I don't tithe to them. I'm not giving to them. I'm giving for me because I need to be molded into being more like God. And you literally, God is the ultimate giver. He is the ultimate person of generosity. He is generosity in his being. Give in offerings. Give generously daily. Look for opportunities to buy things for people. Look for opportunities to bless somebody. Just buy their dinner. Buy their coffee. Listen. Do you know why you are blessed? It's real simple. That's right. To be a blessing. That's right. Literally. Literally. Genesis 12. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you'll be a blessing to others. All of the first part is God. The last part is you. God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and make you famous. And then you're going to be a blessing to others. Listen, last thing. Jake, you can come on up. If you want to get the practice of generosity in your heart, you have to think beyond yourself. Think beyond yourself. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. 
a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Let me say this. It is God's plan for you to leave an inheritance to your children. Financially. With money. Is that, is that too much this morning? <laughs> Just because you don't have a plan to get there doesn't mean you can't get a plan to get there. But God's plan for wealth is for it to be passed down. That's why I'm not sure why people hate on people who have generational wealth. I, it's like, oh, well, he got rich because his dad was rich. Yeah, that's the way that this is always supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's why one day when Beckham and our other kids that we're going to have, I'm going to leave them a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot. I don't plan on it being a little bit. I'm talking about millions of dollars. Millions. Like more, more money than they know what to do with. I had, a friend, I, had a friend, I had a friend call me recently. And he said, he's like, Cole, he's like, you've been a voice in my life for a minute. And his dad is real, real wealthy. His dad has a lot of money. <laughs> a lot. And he just calls me and he's like, He's like, I give you 100% permission that when I inherit all of this, if you see me doing something stupid, drive to where I am and choke me unconscious. And I was like, okay. I was like, absolutely. Atta boy. <laughs> I, I was like, I have been waiting on this moment my entire life. I train for this Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Been waiting on this. But he said, I want you to drive down and I want you to choke me unconscious. Because his dad wrote out his will and he literally said this. He's like, I'm going to have so much money I don't know what to do with. And I said, and you don't feel ashamed about that at all. Because that's the way this is supposed to be. And some are going to have more amounts than others. Some are going to have more amounts than others. That's fine. But... My plan as a pastor for those people across the street right now is that they never know a day where they were in need of anything. Anything. And the way that we're going to do that is we all become good stewards and we become incredibly generous and we think beyond ourselves. Listen, spend wisely. Save wisely. Invest wisely and give generously. At this church, we live based off principle, not feeling. Ask our entire team. There are tons of toys that I would love to buy. Pyrotechnics. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. I make a good point. Wes just hits it in the back. Flames shoot up. We at this church, we live based off principle, not feelings, because... We want this to be a home for years to come and not a house that people are just entertained in and that people are stressed about living in. We are building this home. This house is becoming a home for them over there and their kids. 
And so how we are doing this right now, all of it matters. Everything we spend money on matters. Everything you personally spend money on matters. This house is becoming a home for the long haul. And there's going to be people who encounter Jesus in this house for years. You can see. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church slash give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.